Welcome to episode 25 of the Princeton Podcast with Mayor Mark Frieda. In this episode, Mark sat down with Michael Russell, president of the Princeton Battlefield Society, a national nonprofit organization that works to acquire, protect, preserve, and restore the lands and cultural landscape related to the Battle of Princeton of 1777. In addition to Princeton Battlefield Society's work in preserving and improving Princeton Battlefield State Park, Mike described the importance of educating the public about the historical significance of the Battle of Princeton and what is called the 10 Crucial Days in turning the tide in the outcome of the American Revolution. Mike also discussed Princeton Battlefield Society events, including the annual reenactment of the Battle of Princeton that features 100-plus reenactors with cannons and muskets presented each January at Princeton Battlefield State Park. So without any further introduction, let's join our host, Mark Frieda, and his guest, Mike Russell, for episode 25 of the Princeton Podcast. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Mayor. I appreciate it. So I think the first good question I should ask you is, what is the mission of the Princeton Battlefield Society? Why does it exist? Sure. Uh, Our mission is is threefold in a way. Uh, The first thing we want to do is we want to acquire and protect and preserve and restore the landscape of the Princeton battlefield and the surrounding area. So that's our first focus. And then, of course, our second focus is to enlarge and improve the park uh, for a a greater interpretation and a better understanding of, again, the landscape during the time of the battle. And then I would say the biggest one is to educate the public. We want to make sure the public understands why the Battle of Princeton was significant and uh, how we can relate to it today, even though it took place over 240 years ago. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mike, what is, what's your role with the Battlefield Society? So my particular role is I'm the president of the Princeton Battlefield Society, and uh, I've been president for a little more than a year, about a year and a half. And in terms of the Princeton Battlefield Society and its role in relationship to Princeton Battlefield State Park, we are what's considered an ORFO, or an officially recognized friends organization. So we're officially recognized by the state as a volunteer group that helps support uh, the mission and the efforts of the park, uh, whether it's through education or programs or maintenance, uh, those type preservation, those types of things. So we, we sign a contract, we actually go through a contract with the, the state of New Jersey, and, uh, and we fall under the Department of Environmental Protection and then the state, uh, the state park system. Mike, how, how long has the Princeton Battlefield Society been around? So we celebrated our 50th anniversary last year. So it started in 1971. Uh, so this year's the 51st year, and uh, we're running strong. Yeah. Um, So I guess an interesting question to me, at least, is how did you get, how did you personally get involved in the Princeton Battlefield Society? Yeah, this is is a long and winding road, I have (laughs) to say. Uh, You know, growing up, I was introduced to family history early on. Uh, My family's been in New Jersey since the late 1600s, early 1700s, so we could trace it back. So I've always heard about our involvement in the American Revolution, actually, uh, especially as it pertained to Monmouth County. Uh, and in, uh, learning that we fought on both sides down in Monmouth County, and that was a, that was a pretty brutal civil war down there. 
So growing up, I guess I became accustomed to hearing about the revolution and, and just being interested when things were pointed out to me, uh, farms and roads and areas. Uh, and then um, Princeton itself actually has uh, quite a connection to me as well. My grandfather went to Princeton, uh, left for World War II. And I spent a lot of time down here as a young boy going to the hockey games and going to uh, the football games. And uh, we would eat in, uh, NAS in, uh, uh, in the Yankee Doodle Tap Room. And of course, you see the Norman Rockwell Yankee Doodle there on the mural on the wall. And it, something as a little boy always stood there and looked at it and was just checking it out. Um, but I really didn't get deep dive, you know, the deep dive into the history until about 2008 when I was doing my graduate degree in military history from Norwich University. And I was sitting in my house reading some of the assignments and I realized what I was reading was about some skirmishes that took place just a few blocks from my house. And I was like, hold on a second. Well, I, did, I didn't know about this. So I uh, you know, started to research that a little bit. And when I finished up my degree, I said, you know, I, I wanna learn more about New Jersey's involvement in the revolution. So I joined an organization called Bravo, which was the Battlefield uh, a Restoration and Archaeological Volunteer Organization. And what they were were volunteer archaeologists uh, out of, basically out of Mammoth Battlefield. And they were metal detectorists. And what I learned was they helped to actually rewrite some of the history of the American Revolution in New Jersey through their physical artifacts, through what they found. And I learned a lot from these people. I mean, truly a lot. And I got to explore and do things I never got to do before. I found artifacts that were involved with the revolution and thought about, wow, how did these art, you know, these soldiers drop these here or they were running or whatever happened. And I learned so much about it. I found and heard about another organization called the Crossroads of the American Revolution National Heritage Area in New Jersey. You see the signs all over the state. And I became a trustee there. Uh, as an educator, they were looking for someone with an education teaching background, and I was a trustee there for about three years. And I, again, learned so much, started to get an understanding about the nonprofit side of, of this uh, preservation, and uh, started following the events that were taking place in Princeton, and visited Princeton, and was hearing about all the things going on. And I, I offered, I said, hey, does anybody need a volunteer down here? And at the time, Jerry Hurwitz was the president, and he said, well, uh, yeah, we could always use help. And so I was contacted a few months later, and they brought me on as a chairman of the site committee, so as a trustee. And uh, so I got my, my feet wet getting the cleanup days going and, again, participating in the executive committee meetings. And after that... Uh, about two years ago, like I said, I was elected as president. So it was uh, you know, very circuitous. There you go. Yeah. So um, I know there's like some signature or main events that the uh, battlefield, Princeton Battlefield Society hosts at the, at the Princeton Battlefield. Could you just like mention a couple of those to explain what those are? Absolutely. We, we are a very active organization, and we start off our year with a bang. Uh, we started off with the experience of the Battle of Princeton, uh, which is usually in the first week of January because that coincides with the anniversary of the battle, which was January 3rd, 1777. 
This is where we have over 100 reenactors. We have cannons, muskets, the whole thing. Last year's was fantastic. We even had a British soldier from one of the ancestry units that fought. Uh, you were there. You, yeah. you, you, I mean, it, it was. was, it was a, uh, let me just jump in for sure. one second. Yeah. It was a great experience. <laughs> it was a really well-run reenactment. It was enjoyable. It was interesting. It was educational. And everybody listening should mark their calendars right now for January 3rd, 2023. This will be January 8th. 8th. Yep, January Sorry. 8th. No, Thank that's you very fine. much. Yep. To, and, and plan to be there. You had quite a crowd, actually, last year. We, or this year, I should say. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it, the weather cooperated beautifully. We we had uh, probably close to 500 people, I think. It was think. amazing. It really was. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the, the hit of the show was that British soldier who flew over from England. Yeah and uh, participated in the celebration. And then, of course, we had the big wreath-laying ceremony yeah. across, uh, across the battlefield. And that was really, uh, an, again, a very somber and moving uh, understanding that there's a mass grave up there on the Western Hill behind the colonnade where we have British and American soldiers laying together uh, for eternity. Right. And then I think another interesting thing, if I remember correctly, was that the British soldier pointed out that the insignia that they have on their uniform still incorporates, I forget exactly what the detail was, but something that is related to the Battle of Princeton. That's correct. Yeah, I can't remember if it's an oak leaf or an oak, but you're exactly right. There is a feature on their insignia that is because of the Battle of Princeton. It's amazing. Which I did not know until yeah. he said it. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But anyway, it's a oh, good, so, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so anyway, and, and, I know you have other events too. Yeah, but. we have lots of events. So after January, uh, we go, uh, we we have cleanup days in the spring and the fall. Yep. So that's there to help uh, help the state, uh, so that people can come and visit and have a nice experience. We have our battlefield tours running throughout the spring through October. So that's open to the public. You just register on on our website and show up. We have our Memorial Day and July 4th events, which again are also very somber and, and, and they've been well attended and, and really uh, in their own way have, have enjoyable moments, even if it's simply just reflecting on what happened. Uh, we have our Mercer Oak Award, which is a big event. And coming up on September 18th of this year, which is Sunday, we have our Young Patriots Day, which is a great opportunity for parents to bring their kids out to the battlefield and experience different trades and crafts, meet George Washington and Ben Franklin and, and see some demonstrations. So it's really some, some great experiences. So we're, yeah. we're trying to do a lot there. Yeah. And, and I, I just, to put a, a plug in on Memorial Day, because the spirit of Princeton does a, does a parade. It's on yeah. the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. And afterwards is the, the event out at the, at the Princeton battlefield. Right. And so people should pay attention because they'll see little yard signs and stuff in the newspapers. Then we, the two organizations jointly advertise the two events. Absolutely. So and I think it's really nice when you get different nonprofits in, in town that actually work together with each other. You know, we're not doing the exact same thing, but they actually work together and try to help each other promote different events that are related. Agreed. And we don't want to be the Princeton Battlefield State Park outside of Princeton. We want to be Princeton Battlefield yeah. State Park as part of Princeton. We, we want to be part of the community. And we welcome all ways to do that. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. Well, well, as we ask more questions, we'll get more into sure. the other things you do. But, mm -hmm. but everybody in town should really understand what a jewel that is right there. Absolutely. And it's, it's good to go there and understand why it's there other than just going out to lay on a towel or fly a kite or right. whatever. But there's a lot more. It sure is. Yeah. Um, 
So, okay, so that kind of leads into my next question. How do I find out more about the history of the battlefield? Well, I would say that uh, if you want to do the, the, the first investigation, you just go to our website. Check out our website, and we have little histories there, and we have just an idea to guide you. We have maps. We have background of the battlefield and so forth. But, of course, uh, you could also follow us on social media, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram. We're always posting uh, either events coming up or uh, history points about the battle, anniversaries, et cetera. There's the battlefield tours where you just walk across. And I'll tell you, our guides, boy, do they know some information. Holy smokes. I'll tell you, every time I go on a tour, even now, I still learn something. So that's a great way to do it. And uh, there's lots of great books out there, especially uh, some of the ones written by Larry Kidder and David Price. Great details about the battle. And I would say go on, and when you check our website, check out our PBS newsletters too, because that really gives you an idea of what's going on. Yeah, I know. I on my desk here in the mayor's office, I have some of the uh, so, some of the some of the uh, uh, information that the Battlefield Society has put out, and I intentionally leave it on my desk because I want visitors to come into this office. See, you know, they all look at the desk. Yeah, and uh, I want them to see that we have stuff from the battlefield. I'm, you know, I, I want to promote the battlefield. I think it's a great it's a great asset to the community, and people right. should understand how significant it is. Well, we appreciate that very much. So, Mike, I know you know. Obviously, you guys are a nonprofit. You have a board. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does, uh, I don't know how many people are on the board, but how, how does that all work with well, society? Yeah, we're a trustee based organization. We're a 5013C, uh, nonprofit, and we are, uh, again, trustee based. So we have our executive board and then we have the full, full board of trustees and we're made up of a variety of professions, a variety of interests, Uh, One board member has a relative who fought at the Battle of Princeton. Uh, Another board member is a reenactor who who actually does American and British sides of things, which is very helpful because they can give us real good background on when we're doing events on how to set things up. We have uh, lawyers, teachers, PhDs in the medical field. it, it, it really is a substantial board. We have Princeton graduates, Princeton University graduates. And I'll tell you, the people on the board are on the board because they love the topic. They love the history. Um, they're, they're not doing it just to get volunteer hours. There, there is a, in, there's, a, there's a personal reason of one nature or another that they are, are participating. And I'll tell you, we have a rock star consultant who helps us out with our marketing, our grants, um, who does just fabulous work. So we, 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 have, we have a nice rounded board and we're looking for skills all the time. We're looking, looking for different skills to help us, uh, you know, get out there even more and get more people to know about us and the battlefield. Great. Yeah. Um, I know you had mentioned your, your website and sure. I, I should have written down the URL somewhere, but I have not. Do you remember what that is, just so we can share that with people? Absolutely. It's www.pbs1777.org. And it's a very nice website, too. So It, it, is, it is a sharp website. That is, that is for sure. So how um, how's the Princeton Battlefield Society funded? How do you... You know, how do you afford to do all the different things you do? Yeah, you would think because we are a organization that is officially recognized by the state, 
hey, we expect you to be state funded, but we're not. We simply run off of donations and memberships and grants and, uh, and, and gifts, and that's really it. So there's a lot of fundraising efforts that are made, um, and you know, we, we really get out there and try to talk to the public and, and ask for you to support us, whether it's for uh, the entire just main operations of the organization or for individual projects that we might, we might be working on. Yeah. So uh, I think you have like a, I think an appeal went out for the Thomas Clark House recently to help specifically with that, I believe. That's exactly right. The Thomas Clark House is uh, what we call an eyewitness building or eyewitness to the, to the battle. It's actually where General Hugh Mercer died after he sustained wounds in the battle. Uh, Dr. Benjamin Rush, of course, a well-known name in the American Revolution, treated him at the house. And uh, the house... It's old. It's in fact this year is the 200, and it was built in 1772. So it's the 250th anniversary of the house. So it it needs work. It needs upkeep, and that takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of effort. And so oftentimes, when uh, there may not be state funding or enough state funding, we try to make up whatever differences we can. Like you said, we're, we send out uh, appeals to help us with the Clark House. And even if you go onto our website, uh, under support, there is a tab there for the Clark House Fund. And any funds or donations given to us will be reserved strictly for that project. They will not be used for anything else. So. That's great. That also takes care of my next question, oh. which was, can I donate through the website? And the answer <laughs> is yes. Absolutely. Yes, you can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, there, uh, often, I believe it's through PayPal mostly. But again, you don't have to just say, well, hey, where's my money going? You can actually direct it to certain projects. So we have a History and Heritage Fund. We have the Thomas Clark House Fund. And we have just the overall operations fund. So, uh, And you can say what you would, would like there. Right. And I think there's different levels of membership. Yeah, our, our membership structure right now, we're, we're actually revisiting that because its current structure is more of a, a donation level than actually a membership with benefits type of thing. But we do have it broken down into you know Patriot and Commander and those types of things uh, so that those particular members are uh, established under a different category. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I, I think you kind of focus a few months of each year to try to increase membership. But, I mean, if anybody wants to become a member of the Battle, Princeton Battlefield Society, they could pretty much do it anytime they want, right? Absolutely. We encourage uh, membership growth at all times. And I would say the best way for you to do it besides just donating is to come out. Come out and... It doesn't matter when you come out, but just come to the battlefield, meet some of the already, you know, established volunteers, come talk to the trustees, and just learn about what we do. Uh, the battlefield is a, is a beautiful location. It just has these lightly rolling hills, this open space, uh, has this energy. And if you just come to the battlefield and you just experience it for a while and learn what happened here and think about those founding fathers and those people you read about in the textbooks and see in the movies, knowing that they rode through those fields and, and fought for our independence in those fields, I think a lot more people would be interested and, and be willing to take, take some time and volunteer, whether it's during a cleanup day 
or whether it's during Memorial Day, whatever. Uh, we, we, just, we just want to educate people and let people know what's sitting in their backyard or right here in the heart of New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. And the cleanup days aren't that bad. No. It's good exercise. <laughs> and it's, it's not, you, 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 don't, you don't work us to the bone on those days. No, so. no, we're very fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess the big thing on the horizon, right, is the 250th anniversary of the Battle of Princeton. Absolutely. Uh, in 2026, we have our 250th anniversary of the nation. And then in 2027, we have the 250th anniversary of the battle. So we've got, we've got a pretty good uh, you know, plan ahead of, ahead of us for those two years. And thankfully, we're starting to get some really big support, which we've had in the past, but we're getting some really big support again from the American Battlefield Trust. And that entails a reinterpretation of the battlefield itself. Ideally, what we're hoping is to return the battlefield to near uh, conditions to what it looked like at the time of the battle. What a lot of people don't realize is that, is that that landscape is actually two farms. It was the Thomas Clark farm and his brother, William Clark. And William Clark's farm was on the other side of the battlefield from where we see the Thomas Clark house. And so there was a fence line that ran down the middle of the battlefield. Uh, there was an orchard, which actually uh, was part of the battle. There was an orchard there. So we would like to try to reestablish the sight lines and also some of the physical structures and landscape that were there. So besides that, and, and again, the American battlefield uh, trust trying to reinterpret the battlefield by increasing signage uh, and helping people to see what happened at different points of the battle. Because right now, if you go to the battlefield, there's only about five signs or so, and they don't give you a, a real good summary or uh, idea of what happened. So by getting this new signage and interpretation, uh, and and even some of it being done through apps on our phone, uh, I think we'll have a better experience, a better visitor experience. And uh, so that's what we're working on. And then the big ideal uh, product is the visitor center. We would really like to and are vying for a visitor center. It, it won't be there by 2026, but if there could be some sort of groundbreaking event or, or some sort of plan laid out that people can see this is what's coming. Um, that park is a, is a national destination landmark and it de deserves to be treated that way. And uh, I believe a visitor, and really it's a visitor education center, bring the kids in, bring the teachers in, let, people, let the new generation understand what happened, talk about the story historically, culturally, and, and see uh, why this 250th is so special. So let's, let, let, I, I think we need to stress a little bit about how important the Battle of Princeton was to the United States of America becoming reality. Yeah. So it would be great if you could just help I'll enlighten our listeners a little bit on that. I'll do what I can. Uh, <laughs> so... The Battle of Princeton represents the culminating event in a period of time referred to as the 10 Crucial Days. The 10 Crucial Days started on Christmas Day as George Washington and the American forces crossed the Delaware River, and that was 1776. 
crossed cross from Pennsylvania to New Jersey, and then which led to the first Battle of Princeton, and then later on, I'm sorry, Battle of Trenton, and then the second Battle of Trenton. Uh, January 3rd is that last day of those, that 10 crucial days where the idea was that the American forces would attack the British units that were in Princeton, uh, mostly in Nassau Hall, and then they would, the American forces would decide where to go from there. So what happened with this battle, which actually was an accidental location. It accidentally happened where it happened. It should have happened in downtown Princeton. But these forces happened to see each other going in opposite directions. The British were heading towards Trenton. The Americans were heading towards Princeton. They caught glances of each other, glints of the bayonets, and realized, hey, who are these, who are these guys? And it wound up becoming the battle right there at the Clark Farm. What this battle created, first of all, with this win, was a huge morale booster. The Americans had been retreating across New York and New Jersey for months and months. And this was a last, a last gasp effort. It truly was. Uh, when, when Washington uses the password victory or death, that goes to show you this, this truly was our, the last chance they had. And the, the moral victory or the morale victory uh, turned into not only a morale victory for, hey, the Americans won the battle, but it also made Washington, with these, with these successes in Trenton and Princeton, people started to believe again that he was the right leader, he was the right choice, and he could guide us further uh, through this, this war for independence. Uh, the other thing it did was it uh, rebuilt enlistments. Enlistments dwindled to just a couple of thousand men at the end of the, at the, end of the uh, 1776. This opened up enlistments again and built up the, the army so that they could continue to fight. Strategically, what this particular battle did was it, it secured New Jersey from the British ever having it for the rest of the war. Because after the battle in Princeton proper with at Nassau Hall, the Americans decided, do we go on to New Brunswick and try to get the gold and money that's in New Brunswick that the British have? Or do we go up into the mountains? Do we head towards Morristown, give these soldiers a rest and secure the Wachung Mountains and the elevation? And they chose to go up into the mountains, secure the mountains, uh, secure uh, Morristown. And that basically kept the British from ever being able to move from, you know, throughout New York, even down to Philly without being seen. The Americans were, always had eyes on them. It led to the Forge Wars uh, throughout central New Jersey in 1777, in the spring of 1777. The British basically had to change their entire tactics of the war, their entire strategy of the war, and they decided to turn it into a southern campaign based off of the fact that we can no longer get in and around New Jersey and New York without the Americans seeing us. So it, it literally changed the war. A very pivotal, pivotal Extremely, yeah. yeah. So um, let me ask you one final question. Sure. How could everyone listening to this support the 250th anniversary of, of the Princeton Battlefield coming up? What can we do to help the Princeton Battlefield Society? 
I, I think besides the financial support, we're, which we're always asking for, and the volunteer support, I think what we need to do is talk to our legislators, talk to our senators, talk to our, our local, federal, state politicians, and express how important it is that we preserve this land, uh, not just locally, but the, the national importance to it. To it. I, I, I don't, I, and I expressed this earlier, I don't think people all realize the jewel that we have in this particular location. And it's all about education. And it's all about uh, making sure that people know at all levels, whether it's government, local, state, that we need to preserve this landscape for uh, future generations. And that's the most important part. We need to do it for future generations so that they understand the struggle and the stories of these. These were individuals who put their lives on the line I mean, it was treason. It really was. You're going against the king. So reach out to your elected officials and, and ask them to support everything we can do to preserve this landscape. Mike, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time today. It is an absolute pleasure. I always appreciate chatting with you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for joining us for the 25th episode of the Princeton Podcast produced as a community service by HG Media, providing audio, video, and website design services here in Princeton since 1999. If you enjoyed this episode of the Princeton Podcast, please share it with your friends. Visit our website at princetonpodcast.com and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts.